0: You know, um I was thinking um when i was as I was sitting there just kind of getting ready to w- come up here um when uh I was just looking at the screen there and, and that Pastor Martin has the reality of the spirit world, you know if you if you go do your studying if you go do your studying um you know when you study the when you study the New Testament particularly, um, you find out that most of the time any kind of a concordance Uh, any book that you can look at what those words mean, it's usually in Greek. So it was kind of like the, we took, you know, it's not that, well, I guess I did, but a lot of times you just see it, it's in Greek. Well, so when you go study the Greek words, and if you look in the New Testament and you look up anywhere in the New Testament where it says the word spirit, uh, that word spirit, whether it's talking about the spirit of God or the spirit of man, it's the same Greek word. Now, now you can now you can tell, you know, sometimes in the Bible when it's when it's talking about the spirit of God because it says the spirit of God. So we know it's the, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, the spirit of God. And then sometimes it says the spirit of man. But if it just if you're just reading alone there and it's the spirit, it's the same Greek word. Is that cool? Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of cool because it's like it's almost like God's saying, you know, to me, me and you are like one. You know, the Holy Spirit in us, we're like we're one. And, and and that and if you study your bible I mean you'll you see that's what it says that you know Jesus even prayed that lord help them to understand that we're one. Yeah. We're one with him. Um you guys remember the story about the about the man that was demon possessed and um and when Jesus showed up the guy said, you know, he he went to Jesus and said, you know, why are you here to torment me? And it said that Jesus told all the devils to get out, you know, and they said They said, Lord, if you tell us to get out, tell us to go into the pigs. Do you all remember that story? Well, it said that there were about 2,000 pigs. 2,000 pigs. Now, it didn't say that one demon went in each pig. It could have been 10 demons. You know, I'm just, you know, that's just the way my mind works. But there were 2,000 demons in that guy. In that guy. But... And that's kind of crazy to think that somebody that somebody would have you know be possessed by two, two thousand or more demons, but you guys know that we can house God. You ever stop to think about that? Our spirits house God. God said, "I'm in you. I'm in you." I mean, there and there's a scripture verse that I'll get to. And I hate to get I hate to get so deep so fast, but sometimes God's stuff is just so cool. God is so cool, isn't he? He is so cool some of the stuff that he says, you're just like, man, it's just awesome. Well, are you guys ready to get into it tonight? Yes. Let me get over here to my notes right quick. My uh my wife got a new iPad and she was kinda cool to she gave it to me. So kinda cool, huh? Pretty cool. Wives are pretty cool. <laughs> Let me get over here. All right. So the real the reality of the spirit world. And I kind of subtitled it, the message tonight: We must worship God in spirit and in truth. Pretty cool that we sang the song, right? We sang a while ago. We worship you in spirit and in truth. That wasn't a coincidence. The mastermind behind that was me. Just want to let you guys know. But we're going to look at John chapter four, verses twenty-three and twenty-four. And this is, of course, where we take, um, where I took my, my message title from. Uh, let me kind of set the background here. Jesus, was, Jesus went through this town, and it said he was tired, so he sat down at this well. It was Jacob's well. And uh, he sat down there because he was tired, and all of his disciples went into the town to get some food. So Jesus is there by himself, and a, and a woman from Samaria comes up, <clears throat> and she begins to talk to Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, we, well, no, she didn't begin to talk to her. He began to talk to her and said, hey, give me, give me some water. Give, give me a drink. And of course she goes and they go into this dialogue, but eventually the dialogue comes to the point where Jesus says to her, because she had said something to him about worshiping, where where should you know she said the Jews say worship in Jerusalem and the Samaritans say worship on this mountain. And so Jesus said, But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him, verse twenty four. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Um, notice that in the verse right before in verse 23, that said the, it said the true worshipers. So there must be some false worshipers. But we are not false worshipers. We are true worshipers, right? Amen. So <clears throat> what I want to do tonight is I kind of want to look at just a few of the kind of the key words that is in, the, that's in these couple of verses here. First, the first word I want us to look at is the word worship. And again, I went to the Strong's Concordance. It's a Greek concordance, and I looked up what this word worship means. This Greek word, I forget. I I meant to write down the word. It's, you know, Greek words are just long, man. Like it's like when you, if you were to pronounce the word worship in Greek, this word worship, where it was, where it came from, it was like prosukano or Prasukano or something. It was really, it's weird. I don't know where they get, you know, sometimes I'll look at the Greek word and I'll go, there's no English word that's even close to that. You know, so I don't know how, how we do that. But, but anyway, that word in the Greek, in that Greek concordance means this. It means to kiss the hand in token of reverence, in kneeling to do homage or make obeisance, to express respect or make supplication. Now, some of those words I didn't—I honestly didn't know what they meant, like homage and obeisance. I mean, I kind of knew a little bit, but I wanted to go look and just kind to make sure. And then it also says here to ex- to express respect. So I went to my dictionary and I looked at the word respect, and the word respect basically one of the one of the definitions to esteem or honor, to esteem or honor. And then I looked up the word obeisance, and it it had a bunch, you know, you look at a dictionary, it's got tons of stuff in there, but I kind of picked out kind of just ones that kind of stood out to me. And obeisance, one of the, one of the meanings of obeisance was deferential courtesy. And so I looked up the word deference. And deference means submission to another's will, judgment, or opinion. And I like that one. I really like that, deference Submission to another's will, judgment, or opinion. So if we worship God, would it be safe for us to say that if we worship God, that we would be submissive to his will, to his judgment, to his opinion? And you guys, kinda, you guys know what submission is. Submission, to me, basically, when I hear the word submission, um, you know, submission is not, is not always the easiest thing. Usually, submission is not easy. It's not an easy thing to submit. But we do it. We do it because God just deserves it, right? He just deserves it. You know, um, for a long time in my Christianity, as, as I was, you know, a, a, being a baby Christian, when I would read stuff in the Word and I'd hear stuff that people said at churches and, and you know, hearing, listening to speakers, a lot of times I would try to, I would always ask this question, you know, like, I would hear something from the Word, and, and I would always ask, why? Have, has any of you guys ever done that? Like you're reading the Word and just say, "Okay, why? Why? Why does it have to be that way?" You know, okay, worship in spirit and truth. Okay, God, why? Does is any, anybody else ask why? You know, sometimes, sometimes we may not know why. You know, anybody ever realize that? Some stuff we I don't know about you. I haven't learned everything yet. Right. I'm sure there's tons of stuff we're going to learn. Right. And sometimes we may be asking why, but you know, we may, we may not know why, but we can still just believe it, right? Yeah. Right? Can't we? Yeah. Can't we just say, you know what, I just choose to believe that? Yeah. If you read something in the Word and you go, and in your mind you're going, God, I don't, I don't understand that. But can we still just say, but God, I just believe it anyway, because you said it? Let's just do that, all right? Let's just do that. If you ever get to a why well, let's look at Genesis chapter 3, and I'm, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. Um, I, may, I may point to a few more verses in Genesis chapter 3, but just to kind of get a gist of what, what's going on here and what we're talking about. Um, this is basically the story of Adam and Eve when they, when they chose to eat the fruit. Genesis chapter 3, uh, and I'll start with verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Yea, has God said... You will not eat of every tree of the garden, you know this word yay" here it when I read this, it almost sounds like that he'd been talking to her before. you know you, you, we read it and it kind of goes, well, he just come up to her and just started talking, which is kind of weird that a snake would be talking, but has any, has anybody ever thought of that, or do we just kind of glance at, oh, okay, yeah, it's cool, yeah, snakes are talking, yeah, snakes could talk sure if we if a snake talked to me, I'd be like, "Hey, what's going on here, man?" <laughs> <laughs> it might be like, shut up and get out. <laughs> shut up and get out, right? <laughs> but he said, "Yeah." as God, God said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fri- fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you will not eat of it, neither will you touch it, lest you die. Now, did God ever say, don't touch it? I don't ever remember him saying, don't touch it. <laughs> He just said, "Don't eat it." So evidently, the woman was a little someone, right? Adam probably told her. He probably just said, "Look, woman, just don't touch it." Okay, (laughs) I can see here. I can see a husband doing that, you know. Look, just you know what? Let's just not touch it. That's the way husbands are, right? I can see that maybe with you know with your Corvette or something. Hey, woman, don't touch it. But the tree, I don't know what I don't know what Adam's deal with. And the servant said to the woman, "You will not surely die. You will not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil." You know, they could have just asked God, right? They could have just said, "Hey, God, what would happen if we eat the fruit?" Wouldn't He have told them? Sure, He would have told them. So it's kind of silly, you know. The devil didn't really, the devil didn't really, uh, he he didn't really say here that God didn't say it. He just, he's, just questioning, he's just questioning what would happen if we did it, right, if we disobeyed. Now, of course, we know the story. She, she ate it. She gave it to Adam, and it said their eyes were opened. They knew they were naked. They, got, they were afraid. They hid from God. So a bad picture all the way around, right? But kind of what I want to show you here is, and uh, let, me get past my, let me get past all these notes here. Basically, what they did here is that they, they listened to someone else over what God said. And in a sense, they worshipped. Can we see that? Did they not submit to someone's will, opinion, judgment? And the bad thing was they just did it over what God said. You know, not that it's a bad thing that, you know, if somebody came up and gave you their opinion and you said, okay, well, I'll try that, you know, like... Hey, have you ever eaten these chips or whatever they're good? you know okay, they might be good, as long as God didn't say, "Don't eat the chips, right <laughs> So it's okay, it's okay to eat the chips, you know unless they're fattening or something like that. Then you might want to think about it, but what <clears throat> Fat content's a big deal nowadays,, Anyways. but um, you know. When I was when I went and looked at these verses in Genesis chapter three, I kind of went with the I kind of went with this idea because I had been studying this and thinking about it, and I had thought I thought you know what I sh- I should go to the story where Adam and Eve listened to the devil, and did did what the devil wanted them to do over what God wanted them to do. That's I should do that. So I went and read it, and you know that it never says in there that Adam listened to the devil and did what he said. As a matter of fact. In verse 17 of Genesis chapter 3, it says, God told Adam, he said, because you listen to your wife. Don't, don't, look at your, don't look at your wife if your wife is here. Sometimes it's good to listen to your wife, right? I don't know why I looked at you. Sometimes it's good to l- listen to your wife. God told Abraham listen to his wife once. So it's good sometimes. But you just have to make sure that God didn't say do the opposite, right? But, you know, I sometimes we give Adam a hard time, but, you know, we might have done the same thing. We might have done the same thing sometimes. You know, um, as I was reading these, as I was reading Genesis chapter 3, 2, uh, you know, of course, God spelled out, he kind of spelled out to all of them, okay, devil, you're going to get this, and woman, this is going to happen, and then Adam, you're, you know. He kind of told him what the consequences were going to be, and um, and when he was and I I thought there was something cool. I saw something cool when I was reading when when God was telling Satan, you know, when he was telling him what what his consequences was, what the consequences for him was going to be. Um, He said that um, he said you're you're going to have enmity. There'll be enmity between your seed and the man's seed. All right. Basically, God's talking about Jesus here because he told the devil. He said. You'll bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head, and that's what Jesus did to the devil, you know, bruised his head. Um, and so, and so, I was just thinking, you know, that's kind of that's kind of funny. Um, you know, I was thinking of that. So does this? So does this mean that if somebody's talking to my wife and they're telling her to, to do something that I don't like, that I have that I have permission to kick him in the head? <laughs> the just, just, yeah. <laughs> just my observation. I'm just saying. But but I also, I wanted to show you guys another scripture in Luke chapter four, um, and it's verses five and eight. I don't think it's up there on the screen, but I'll just kind of tell you guys what happened here. But in Luke chapter four, five and eight, Satan did the exact same thing to Jesus. He appeared to him, and you know it's funny how that that, that Satan when he when he come up to Eve, he comes at her with food, right? He come at her with food. Well. The Bible says that Jesus was led, into the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And what did the devil tempt him with, first thing? Food. He said, if you're hungry, turn the stone to bread. Again, food. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? But, of course, we know Jesus didn't fall for it. And, uh, but isn't it kind of strange that he come at him with food, and then also he said, hey, if you'll, if you'll bow down and worship me, then all the glories of the world, I give it to you. In that son, and Jesus said, and Jesus said here, I believe it's in verse eight. He said, "It's written that you will worship God only, in Him only will we serve." So we do what God says, right? Yeah. So let, let me go ahead and go to my second point this evening, and that's the the part where it says worship in spirit. And uh, I'll read to you guys Romans chapter eight verse nine. You know, um, when 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 Jesus was talking to this woman at, of Samaria at the well. He told her that you must worship God in spirit and in truth. And what I get from that when I, when I first read that is, is that, well, to be in the spirit, that, that's, what, that's what happens when we get born again, right? Isn't that what the word says, that when we're born again, the spirit, it comes in. He comes in to be inside, so he's in, so we're in, in the spirit. But, but the way it, when I read in John 4 about how he's, what he's telling her, it doesn't seem to me like this is just a one-time thing, right? I mean, we're not just in the spirit when we get born again. Surely there's more. Surely there's more to being in the spirit than just, oh yeah, you know, thir- Pastor Marvin said thirty-two years ago I-, I was in the spirit, but now I don't know. We're, you know, you know, it's, we're still in the spirit, right? So what I began to think about was when when the Bible said, what does the Bible say when? about us, what happens or what we have to do to be in the Spirit when we do get born again. Romans 10, verse 8 through 10. Let me go ahead and read that to you guys. When we get born again, the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When we got born again, did we not confess and believe? Isn't that what the Bible just says here? That's what we must do to get born again: confess and believe. No, it's no other. There, there's nothing else. It's not. It's not difficult, right? So what I began to think is: Is that what God wants for us? Is does He want us to? Does He want us to live a life continually? where we are confessing and believing what he's asked us to confess and believe. And you know I got to thinking about it is that I was like, "God, is that is that what you're saying here? That you want us to continue to confess Jesus, continue to believe him, you know? Not that not that we're getting born again over and over, but to confess Jesus over and over, to believe in Jesus always, right? And then I got to looking at John chapter 4 where he where he's telling the woman, "We must worship him in spirit and truth." If you keep on reading Look at verse twenty-five. Well, you, if you guys are in your Bibles, I don't think it'll be on the screen. But John four verse twenty-five, Jesus, uh, the woman said unto Jesus, "I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things." So she already knew about Jesus; she knew about him, and so she's t- so she's talking about Jesus here. And then in verse twenty-nine, it says she she went into town, and she she went into the town. And she said, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Is she confessing? Is she confessing Jesus? Yeah. Verse 39, and many of the the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which which testified, he told me all that ever I did. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. There's all kinds of confessing and believing going on. I don't think it's a coincidence that, this, that, this, that these scriptures are here for us. He's telling us something, that to be in spirit. Now, I know I'm not giving you all an exhaustive you know, definition of what it means to be in the spirit, but I think this is part of it that' we're to live lives where we're continuing to confess about Jesus to talk about Jesus and believe Jesus right yeah. and be in the spirit all right let's go to our third point tonight if we if you guys will in truth in truth that's a that could be a loaded word couldn't it yeah. i saw a um, I saw something the other day on YouTube and there was a woman that had a, sh- a t shirt on and it said um it said something uh, like um Always speak, always speak your truth. Always speak your truth. And I thought, hmm. You know, I thought, is there, an, is there an our truth? Is there an our truth? You know, two plus two is four, and that's true, right? Right? Isn't that true? But is that truth? Does that set anybody free tonight? <laughs> you know, the Bible says the truth will set you free. Yeah. Does two plus two equal four? Does that set anybody free tonight? Yeah. I don't know what it means. It's freedom in here. <laughs> so, so there's a difference between, between being true and the truth, right? right. And if we're, not, if we're not talking about his truth, then it's probably not truth. Um, whenever, I, whenever I think about the word truth, I always think about the time when uh, Jesus was arrested and he was talking to Pilate, and Pilate was asking him a bunch of questions, and Jesus made reference to the word truth, and Pilate said, what is truth? And I don't even think he gave Jesus time to respond. I think he said, what is truth? And then he just turned, and walked, turned around and walked off, and I'm like, oh, are you going to hang around and see what truth is? But he didn't. John chapter 14, verse 6 says that Jesus is the truth. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 1 says that Jesus is the word. So does this mean that the word is truth? Yes. Not a word the, word, the word. You know, we can't just say any word and it's truth, pimple, dictionary. It's, you know, there's no, tr- there's no freedom in that, right? 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 Unless you were asking a question and that was the answer, may, I don't know. Maybe that sets you free. But. So the truth is the word, right? The truth is the word, the word that Jesus spoke. Let's look at John chapter 8, and we'll look at verses 28 to 32. And then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these th- I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Is there anyone here tonight that's interested in being free and staying free? Then we have to stay stay with his word. I wrote down a few things, a few things that I, that I truly believe that we should be doing in our lives to stay in truth. And, you know, when you do a study of the Word, and especially when you study truth and spirit, like, like we're doing tonight, like for the last few weeks I've been studying this, and, you know, the, Bi- the Bible says that the Spirit of God and the Word of God always agree. They always agree. So, so you know, for the longest time when I would read this verse in spirit and in truth, I thought, was that the same thing? Is it the same thing or is it two different things? It is two different things, but but the Spirit and the Word always agree. You know, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are never, they don't ever have to take a break and step over in the corner and go, okay, let's talk about this quick, before, right quick before we go out there in front of everybody and so that we're in agreement. They don't ever do that. They're always perfectly in agreement. And that's cool, ain't it? so they always they always work together so perfectly and beautifully they're always in agreement so i just wrote down a few things that we can do in our lives to make sure that we're in the word and you know when you the more that you're in the truth the more that you stay in the word of god the more that you're you're hearing god's word and it begins to it begins to make you, you, it begins to make your spirit man your, who you really are. It make, begins to make you more sensitive to God. So I wrote down a few things, and the first one was meditate the word. Meditate the word. Uh, when, you look in the, when you look in the Bible and you see the word meditate, you look up the definition of that word meditate, and it means to mutter. It means to speak. It means to think. It means to talk. So basically you're just cons- consistently hearing the word, saying the word, speaking the word, hearing the word, thinking about the word. That's what meditate means. And then number two, I got do the word. Do the word. So meditate the word. Do the word. Act on it. If the word says jump over that building, then we jump over the building, right? Right? Yeah. And I know I'm, I'm being kind of silly, but if the word says it, then we must can do it, right? Yeah. So we should do it. And then the third point that I got is put the word first place. No matter what you do in your life, make sure you're always consulting the word first. Look at what the word of God says First. And I know this is a lot easier said than done. Sometimes life gets crazy and gets hard, doesn't it? And sometimes it's hard to put the word first. But we must do that. And like I said earlier, when, when we begin to do these things, when we begin to meditate the word, do the word, put the word first place in our life, it'll begin to make you begin to get more sensitive to God and you'll begin to hear God and listen, you know, you'll begin to hear Him. And so the fourth thing that I want to kind of encourage you guys to do is when that happens, when you feel like that God is revealing something to you, then act on that. You know, don't wait. don't Don't hold off and wait. Um, I, I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I'll tell it again just to um, just because it kind of you know tells what I'm talking about here. But I'd went up to uh, year. This man, this was years ago. I was. I bet I hadn't been a Christian f- but a few years, and I went up to the snow cone stand. You know, God can talk to you while you're at the snow cone stand. Yeah. And so I go up to the snow cone stand and and. Um, and I'm going to get my snow cones, and there's a man and his son in front of me. And I know that I know that I know that God said, pay for that guy's snow cones. I don't know why. You know, and you know, you know, it's, you always kind of know that it's God because you don't say, you don't say, now where in the world did that crazy thought come from? You know, when it's God, you go. And this was the first thing that I thought. I thought, God, if I do that, that guy's going to think I'm crazy. That's the first thing I thought. If I, if I tell him I'm going to buy his snow cones, he's going to be like, what? I don't know who you are. You know why? You know, and especially if I tell him, God just told me to. God just told me to buy your snow cones. Then he's really going to think I'm nuts, you know. So, man, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm sweating, you know. I'm like, I don't know. you know. I'm, I'm like, Bob, you got to hurry up because that lady's fixing to, you know, she's fixing to tell him how much, and he's, he's fixing to pay. So I just, I just, you know, hey, sir, would you be okay if I bought your snow cones? And he was just kind of like, well, what? Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. He didn't ask me why, you know. So I said, okay, I'd like to do that. Well, the, la- the lady heard me, and so when I, when I told her I'm going to pay for his snow cones, he, he said, thank you, and he walked off. And, and so I ordered my snow cones, and so when she handed me my snow cones, she just looked at me, and she said, I'll take care of all of it. So she paid for his snow cones and my snow cones. Now, that was cool that I didn't have to pay for none, <laughs> which it wasn't a big deal to me. I, I wasn't like, like going, God, I don't have the money. You know, I had the money, but. But what was cool is that just knowing that you obeyed God. Yeah. And so when you get to that place where you're sensitive to God and God's speaking to you, just make sure you act on it. Just act on it immediately. And if we begin to, and if we will, if we'll walk in the Spirit, if we'll walk in the Spirit, walk in the truth, you'll begin, it'll begin to change every bit of our life. All right. Well, let's pray this evening. Father, we thank you that we get to hear your word this evening. I know that there is power in your word to bring itself to pass if we'll just believe it and act on it. And so we thank you tonight that we...